It is great to see everybody. How many of you are excited that this is the first Sunday of 2020? Some of you glad to see 2019 behind you in the rear view? Yeah, some hands are going up like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Uh, 2020 is a brand new year. Uh, If you are a guest with us, I want to make sure that I take a second to introduce myself. I'm Brian, I'm the pastor here, and I... I can't tell you how happy I am that you chose to take a part of your Sunday and spend it right here with us at Kettering Church. First Sunday, 2020, uh, naturally, we're going to start about talking about the new year, right? Just like at Christmas, you expect the pastor to talk kind of about Christmas, right? At Easter, you expect to hear the pastor talk something about Easter, you know. Well, the first Sunday of the new year is no different, okay? We're going to talk about a new year. A new beginning, if you will, okay? Because how many of you, if not, al- if not already, are getting ready to uh, implement some type of New Year's resolution? Look, you know, here, I know what's going on here. Some of you are just afraid to put your hand up because you don't want anybody looking at you, right? If you haven't done a New Year's resolution, how many of you are thinking about, well, there are probably some things in my life that I should probably change a little bit? Any of you have that going on? Any of you actually thinking about, "Mm, maybe I should, I don't know, start exercising more? I know what y'all are thinking. That better be on your list, Pastor Brian, right? I know what you, I know this. I know how this goes, right? Maybe some of you are thinking, you know, I really would like to change my diet a little bit. Maybe cut some things out and add some things in. Cut a little bit of chocolate, add a little bit of broccoli, Brussels sprouts, green, leafy, stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't even know where I was. I don't know who I was talking to. But we were talking about some wilted bacon salad. Okay. Who Was I talking to you about that? Listen, folks. Wilted, is it spinach? Look, I'm not talking about the bacon right now. I'm talking about the leafy stuff in there. The Listen, some kind of leafy vegetable that you pour hot water on and make it wilt. Whatever. You make it hot and wilty. Am I right about that? It's warm, wilty lettuce. Does it wilt the, the spinach? Yes. It wilts the spinach. How many of you go in the grocery store and look for wilted spinach? That's right. None of you. Right? So we're talking about this, and I'm like, wilted lettuce or spinach sounds horrifying to me. Everybody's talking about how good it is, right? And that's great. If you like that, great. Just maybe eliminate the bacon, right? When we talk about eating more healthy, bacon probably isn't at the top of the list. Yes? Anyway, we're not talking about weight loss. We're talking about being healthy, So anyway, let's not get too distracted, okay? Love, peace, and bacon grease. Oh, my goodness. So we got this new year getting started, right? And naturally, some of us start thinking about, I should probably make some changes, whether that's diet, exercise, like maybe you're a student. Got any students in here that are still in school? Thinking, you know, the, this last part of my year wasn't that great. Maybe I should... Spend a little more time studying or putting a little more effort into my homework, right? 
we start thinking about things like this when a new year begins, yes? It's like we're programmed to do it. We, we almost can't help ourselves, okay? And so while we're all thinking about it, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us as a church to talk about it. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about getting started today, right? There's no better day to start something new than when? Today, like right now. Maybe not right now, but today, later, no later, right? Get started today. And so what I want to do is I want to spend just a little bit of time today talking about getting started on something new, okay? Getting started on something new. Before I even launch into this, I want to frame this, okay? I want to frame this in terms of your part of Kettering Church, okay? Those of you who would consider yourselves to be a regular here, like I regularly attend Kettering Church, this is specifically for you. If you're a guest, surely there is something in here that you can walk away with and feel like, oh yeah, that was good, that was beneficial, I can see that, but, but I'm framing all of this in the context of your part of Kettering Church. One of the things you're going to hear about starting next week and for many weeks moving forward into 2020 is family, okay? You're going to be so sick of hearing about family by the time 2020 is over, okay? Because it is what we are going to talk about, us being a family, a church family. And here's the thing. Family, um, for it to be effective, means everybody has a part to play in it, right? Yeah? When I was growing up, there were four of us, okay? Four, of, four siblings, two parents, six people in the house. And I grew up in a home where my mom pretty much did everything that got done in terms of like cleaning, laundry. Y'all know what I'm talking about here? My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't learn how to do anything, Okay, my wife can attest to this. When I moved into our home as a newly married, newly minted married man, I didn't know how to do anything, right? This is how bad it was, folks. This is no joke, right? When we left for our honeymoon, we got married. Dawn had gone to Sydney and stayed the night at her family's house. And um, I was supposed to wash some dishes before we left for our week-long honeymoon. And so I didn't. Right? You know what I did with them? Anybody know what I did with them? I left them in the sink and put a towel over them. Because somehow if you put a towel over dirty dishes, they won't mold and stink when you get home. Okay? I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to do laundry. I didn't know how to do laundry. I didn't know how to iron. I didn't know how to do anything. And I know that when I first got married, that was not good for my wife to have to teach me all of that, right? 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 There's something to be said for in a family environment, everybody pitching in and doing their part, right? Now, every family will look different, and that's okay. Your family doesn't have to look like every other family. But what your family should look like is where there are people doing their share to make the family function the way it should. Yes? So we're going to talk a whole lot about that. But before we talk a whole lot about that, we have to talk about this, right? We have to talk about Getting started, okay? Getting started. So I'm going to give you my thought for the day, the thing I want you to remember right off the top today, very first thing. Okay, y'all ready? If you don't remember anything else I say all day today, I need you to remember this. Yes, y'all with me? Ready? You will never finish what you never 
start. Yes? You will never finish something that you never start. I know for many of us, here's what we do. We hear something, we think, oh, man, that is so true. I should do that. Right? Yeah, and then you leave here, you go home, and you're like, what was that thing that I And then you get involved in something else, right? And then you don't ever do it. True? It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. There are projects at my house that I think, oh, man, I really need to do that. And then I think about doing it, and then I'm like, no, I'll do it later because I got this other thing I need to do first. And later comes, and then I'm like, oh, I should really do that. But gosh, I'm kind of tired now, and I really would like to do this or I'd like to do that. And then later never comes, right? Actually, later does come, but it doesn't come in the way I want it to come until I just don't do what I said I was going to do because I didn't start it. You will never finish anything. You will not finish anything that you do not start. This is one of the problems that many of us have when we think there's something really good that we should do. Maybe for you, you think, you know, I I really should make a better habit of, like, praying more consistently, right? Maybe I should pray more consistently. And you think, I'm going to start doing that tomorrow. Or, well, maybe I'll wait until next week. Or, well, we're already, it's Thursday. I'd be better to start on Monday if it becomes a habit, right? You know what I'm talking about. Or maybe for you, you're like, well, I'd kind of like to read the Bible more. Like, I, I kind of would like to do that. And you think, I'm going to start doing that. But then you don't ever start doing it. Do you think you'll ever finish it? Nope. Right? That was an easy question. Right? That was a really easy question. You will never finish anything that you do not start. Now, here's what I want to start with today. I want to start with this. There are some of you sitting here. You're sitting here today, right? Okay? And you're part of our church family. You've been coming to church here, but you don't really, um, I don't want this to sound, or I'm not trying to be rude or hateful or mean, but I'm just being real. You don't really do a whole lot. Okay? Now, please don't be upset with me. Okay? But there are some of you who, you're not really doing a whole lot as part of the church family. Now, I'm not up here to yell at you or make you feel bad, okay? But I do want you to stop and just be really honest with yourself and think, as part of this church family, what am I doing to pull my weight or do my part? Y'all follow what I'm saying here? Now, I'm not talking to you directly. I'm not up here with some person in mind or I'm thinking, I hope they hear this today, okay? I'm up here simply to say to you that maybe you're here and you're really, you know deep inside that you're really not doing that. Okay? So what I want to start with is this. I want you to think about why is it that you're not doing that? If you're not doing that, I want you to start asking yourself the question, hmm, I wonder why it is that I don't do that. And while you're thinking about that, I want to introduce a concept to you. We're going to look at just a few highlights from the life of Moses today. We're going to go back to the Old Testament and just look a little bit at the life of Moses and how Moses did something great. God used Moses and worked through Moses to do something great. But in order for that to happen, Moses had to get started. Y'all with me? Those of you who know the life of Moses will be familiar with this. Those of you who don't, this may be new to you. But we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, we're actually going to look at the New Testament first. Okay? We're going to look at a verse from the book of Hebrews. Okay? So if you're following along in you version, a couple of verses from the book of Hebrews. It'll also be up on the screen here. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 
26. The writer of Hebrews is actually talking about Moses here, and he says this. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, Brian, what does that have to do with anything? Okay? Why, why would you choose that verse? I chose that verse for this one reason. There are some of you, no doubt, there are people here who need to have what we will call a Moses moment. Okay? A Moses moment where their heart changes in how they view their part and their role and the way they live life. You have to understand, Moses was very comfortable in his life. When he was a very small child, he was put into a reed basket and floated in the Nile River so that he would not be killed. And he just so happened to be found, right? Pharaoh's daughter, they they find him, they take him in to her home, and she raises him as if he is her own. Moses is not living a hard life. Y'all follow me? He has everything that he could possibly want. It's very comfortable for him. But at some point in his life, Moses realizes, this is not who I am. Are you with me? Something in Moses' heart changes, and he realizes, wait a minute, I'm a Hebrew. Like, I'm, I'm not an Egyptian. I shouldn't be living this life. My people are suffering. I should be suffering with them. You see, that doesn't just happen because one day you wake up and you think, I don't think I want to live this comfortable life anymore. I think I would like to be miserable. I'd rather go live as a slave. Like that. No, that doesn't happen because we choose to think that way. Something happens in our heart that changes us and our view and how we see things. Moses had a Moses moment, and all of us reach this point in our life where we have these Moses moments if we are committed, fully devoted followers of Jesus. I had mine in my early 20s when I realized I was working in, the, in a bank and everything was going pretty well, and it's like God got a hold of me and said, dude, this is not what I want you to do. I don't want you to do this anymore. I want you to do something different. But I wouldn't be able to do that had God not gotten a hold of me and changed something in my heart. Some of you are here, and it's not going to matter what I say from this point forward. Until you have a Moses moment where God comes into you and says, hey, there's something that I want you to be doing, and you're not doing it. Y'all follow me? It has to come from God. It cannot come from me. So no matter what Brian says up here, no matter how many good points we make or scriptures we read, until God moves in and changes your heart and says to you, there's something I want you to do. And you look at yourself and realize, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not carrying my weight or I'm not the part of the family that I'm supposed to be. Until that happens, it won't matter how many sermons you hear about getting involved or doing X, Y, or Z. God does something in you, changes your heart, and it affects how you see yourself. And that's where I want to begin today. You must have what I'm going to call a Moses 
moment in order for you to really take the steps necessary for God to use you in the way God wants to use you. Now, some of you are here, and um, you're hearing what I'm saying, and you're thinking, yeah, that sounds great, Brian, that sounds nice, but so what? I had my Moses moment. I've done X, Y, or Z. I've done this. I've served there. I've done this. What are you doing now? Right? Does the work of God's kingdom while we still tarry on this earth ever cease? No. Do we ever retire from serving Christ? Oh, that's a harder question, right? We don't ever retire from doing that. Do we ever reach a point where we become useless to God's kingdom through the local church? No? Are you sure? You're positive. Okay. Some of you are here today. Perhaps, perhaps there are those who are thinking, look, I've done my time. I've served. I'm, I'm done. It's time for a younger generation to come up behind me and do the serving. Did God give you that? Did that come from God? Did God speak to you in your Moses moment and say, you just need to stop. Let all the younger people do all of those things. Look, I'm getting old, folks. Right? <laughs> I was doing some calculating the other day. My life is probably more than half over. Right? Probably way more than half over, because at this point I've lived to 94. Right? For, for me to, for this to be the halfway point in my life. Okay? I recognize that I'm not as young as I used to be. But that doesn't mean that I should look at my life and think, mm, it's time for some other people to step in and do. My role is changing, and sometimes our role does change, but that doesn't ever mean that there's not something for us to do, right? Yes. Some of you maybe are thinking, I, I just don't want to. I like coming to church. kind of like just getting to see some people. Maybe I get some coffee. I listen to some guy speak for a little while. There's some music. And it makes me feel good about myself. And that's really all I'm looking for. I would challenge you to hit your knees if you're a Christ follower and say, God, is this really all you have for me? Is this really, is this it? Is this why you put me in this local body? Is this the attitude and the thought that I should have? That I just want to come and be comfortable because we shouldn't want to just come and be comfortable. Is there anything wrong with being comfortable? No. But we shouldn't come to church because we think, well, I like the little guy that stands up front and talks sometimes. Sometimes I like him. Sometimes I don't. Today I don't like him, right? Sometimes I like him. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes the music's good. Sometimes it's not. But it's comfortable. We will never, listen to me, church. Listen here, please hear me. We will never be, as a church, what God wants us to be. Unless individually we have Moses moments and we get started. Y'all follow me? We have to have a Moses moment and we have to get started doing something. So some of you are natural starters. Some of you are really good at starting, right? Some of you are like, got it, man, let's go, let's do it, right? And you jump all in with both feet. My brother-in-law is one of these people. 
Man, he gets an idea and he just goes, right? 90 miles an hour, nonstop, can't see anything else. It's this thing that I do. And man, he does it. And then something else comes along, right? He's like, hey, there's something new, and I'm, I'm going to start this thing, and, and I'm, I'm going to do this. He's a great starter. Maybe some of you are like that. You're a great starter. And so for you, this may be like, okay, Brian, just tell me what I need to do, okay, because I'm a great starter. Well, I'm not necessarily here today to talk to you that are great starters. Today's message is more for the person who is a contemplative starter. Do I have any of you who are contemplative starters? You're like, I don't even know what that means. Well, let me tell you. You're the person who's like, yeah, that's a great idea, but I got I to gotta think about it for a while. Yeah, uh-huh. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, I really, I think I should do that, but I have to research how much that's going to cost. I have to think about how much time I'll have to invest into that. And then I'm going to have to look at, can I rearrange my schedule to fit it in? And then I have to think about it and see if it feels right. I got to sleep on it for like a year and a half. And then maybe, right, maybe I'll get around to doing it. I'm here to talk to you, those of you who are contemplative starters, who are like, yeah, I guess I probably should do something, but you got all these reasons why you can't. So I'm here today for the last few minutes that I have to talk to you, not those of you who are natural starters, who are like, let's go, right, sign me up. Do we want you to get involved? Absolutely, yes. But it's the contemplative starter that I want to spend some time talking about, or to, not about, talking to today. When we say get started today, here's where I want you to begin, okay? First of all, you already understand you'll never finish something you never start, right? You got that, yes? You have to start where you are right now. Are you all with me? You got to start where you are right now. Let's look at the life of Moses from the book of Exodus. Just a couple of verses, Exodus chapter 3. Moses said to God, now God comes to Moses and basically says, I want you to lead my people out of Israel. Hey, Israel. Egypt. Okay? I want you to lead them out. And Moses is like, uh, whoa. Who am I that I should go before Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And what does God say in response? I will be with you. Does that sound familiar? We literally just had a whole series about that. I will be with you. You. Moses is like, God, do you even know who you're talking to right now? Why in the world would you ever come to me? Of all the people you could choose, why me? And for some reason, God chooses Moses. Now, maybe you're looking at yourself, you're listening to me talk, and you're thinking, yeah, I mean, I suppose there are some things that I could do, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I should do, but I'm not the right person to do it. Yep, how many of you have ever had this feeling, this thought? Come on, let's be honest, right? I'm I'm just not the right person to do that thing. How many of you have ever looked around at your local church and thought, they really need to fix that? Not a single hand. That means we're perfect. Let me tell you what else that means. That means none of you can ever say to another person in this building that the church should fix something. Right? Because I just asked you to be honest and say, how many of you have ever thought the church should fix something? And none of you raised your hands. Hey, a hand went up. Let's ask that question again. How many, I know why you're not raising your hands though. Right? I know why you're not because you're like, oh, that means he's going to say to me that I should do something to fix. Yeah, you know how this goes. How many of you have ever thought the church should improve this? 
why isn't the church doing this? Why isn't our church doing that? If you have ever thought that, maybe, just maybe, God is putting something in your heart or your mind to say, hey, maybe there's something you could do to help that happen. I know it's a radical, crazy thought that many of you don't even want to entertain, okay? But Moses essentially says that to God. God, you've got the wrong guy. And God's like, Moses, listen, I don't have the wrong guy. If you go, just know this, I will be with you. In other words, you don't have to do this on your own. I am with you. I will make sure that it happens. So here's the thought. If you're writing notes or you're following along a new version, it doesn't matter where you are. It matters more who you're with, right? Okay? It doesn't matter where you are when you know who you are with. In other words, if you know God is with you, does it matter where you are? Does it matter? You see, perhaps some of you think, well, I could never do that because I'm just too new in this Jesus thing. Or I could never do that because there are still things I do wrong in my life. I mess up here and I mess up there. And I'm not the kind of person that the church could ever use. Please hear me when I say this to you. Those are the kind of people that God uses to change and make into something beautiful and work in his kingdom. I need you to hear that. Too many of us think, well, I'm not perfect enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. What could God possibly do with me? Moses had all of those thoughts. And God says, Moses, it doesn't matter. Remember, I will be with you. I'll be with you. Moses, in order to finish leading the people out of Egypt, had to start somewhere. He had to start where he was with the assurance that God would be with him. You have to start where you are. But then you have to use what you have. Here's something that's really important. Some of you sit in the, and you think, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to offer to the church. I mean, you look around and you think the church has everything they need, and I'm here to tell you, no, we don't. Right? We literally, I've had two conversations this morning where we were, the, com- the comment was made, we just need more people. We just need more people to be involved. I know. You have to use what you have. Each and every one of you has something. Let's read again from the life of Moses. It's Moses essentially has asked God, he's, he's nervous, he's like, let me think about this. You want me to go stand before Pharaoh and tell him to just let your people go. That, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's your plan. Right? And he says, what, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? And the Lord said to him, and listen to this, this is classic. What is that in your hand? Moses replies, a staff. Now, what's a staff? Y'all know what a staff is? Right? It's the little thing you see shepherds carry in Christmas plays, right? A little hook thing. Or maybe it's straight. Maybe it has a hook, whatever. What, what is that going to do? What am I going to do, God? Beat Pharaoh with my staff? Right? Am I going to pull some ninja moves and just take everybody out with my staff? I mean, the guy could kill me. if he, What it? Yes, I have a staff, right? I mean, think about that. Moses is like, what am I going to do if they don't believe me? And God says, well, what is that in your hand? Well, it's a staff. So what? What am I going to do with a staff? Those of you who know the story, okay, know that Moses doesn't do anything with that staff, right? But God does something with that staff, true? 
Those of you who know the story know that God uses that staff to send a message, right? I mean, that staff becomes something not because Moses owns it, not because Moses holds it, but because God uses it through Moses. You see, some of you look at yourself and you think, ah, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to give. I, I just don't have anything. What, what am I going to give? What am I going to do? How can the church use me? Listen to me. You need to do what Moses did, have a Moses moment, and say, okay, God, I hear that you're telling me to do something, but what in the world do I have that I could possibly use? And maybe, just maybe, God will come to you and say, hey, what about this? And you look at him and you think, what is that going to do? Right? Because in your mind, in your human limited mind, all you see is what you can do with that. You're not looking at what God can do with it. You have to understand that if you're willing to use what you have, the power of God will make that into something far beyond anything you can imagine. And he will use it for his glory if you allow him to do so. See, too many of us are just, and I don't want this to sound wrong and harsh here, but church, we're either too lazy or we're too selfish. In most cases, it's one of those two things. I just don't want to do that. I'm, I have other things that I want to do. I don't want to give this time to the church or to God's kingdom. I, don't, I have plenty of other things. I'm not interested in taking my time to do that. Or you're like, mm, shh, that sounds like way too much effort. That sounds like way too much work for me to do. And I think there are times when we just have to be really honest with ourselves. Because there are times I have to do this. There are times at home where I'm like, Dawn will ask me to do something. I'll be like, I could probably come up with an excuse why I'm too busy to do that. Right? Y'all follow me here? We can all do that, can't we? But then if I search really deep down inside, what's really going on is I'd probably rather do something else. You know? I would probably rather kick back and watch Netflix. Or maybe I would rather, I don't know, play a game because I'm, I just don't want to do that. And I think if we're really honest with ourselves as it relates to our place in the church, maybe we do some of this, yes? Yeah? Maybe we do some of this where we're like, yeah, maybe I have something, but I'm just not really sure I want to invest the time and energy to use what I have. And it doesn't matter, listen, it really doesn't matter to me as a person, whether you choose to use your gifts, talents, abilities, your staff that God has placed in your hand, if you choose not to use that, that's not between you and me. I'm not going to look at you any different. I'm not going to treat you any different. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to be harsh to you. But you don't answer to me, right? You, you don't answer to Pastor Brian. If God is calling you and saying, use what you have and you don't do it, you and me are okay. It's God that you should be concerned about, Right? It's when I stand before God, when God calls me in my spirit, and I know that he's doing it, and I'm telling him no, that's between you and God. And I know this, I don't want to be that person who God looks at and says, yeah, yeah, you did enough, but you did just enough, right? You did just enough. I'm one of these people who and it's probably to my detriment at times, but I want God to be pleased with the effort that I gave him, right? 
Not the effort that I gave all of you. Okay, I used to worry about that. I used to worry about whether or not I was giving enough effort to you all, and I quit doing that. Because what I had to come to terms with was, am I comfortable? Do I feel like God is pleased with the effort that I'm giving him? Am I using what I have? And if I'm not, why am I not doing so? Why am I not using what I have? Last but not least, you need to start where you are, you need to use what you have, and you need to do what you can. Do what you can. How many of you think that you can do everything? None of you? I used to think I could do everything. <laughs> I really did. I thought everything that needs to be done in the church, I can do it. Right? Now, it may not be great, but I can do it. I can make it happen. Okay? I'm not saying that to be, I'm just being honest with you. I thought, I can do those things. And it nearly drove me to a nervous breakdown. Right? Because God taught me in living color, you cannot do everything. But what you should do is what you can do. Do what you can do. How many of you sit here and think, well, there's nothing that I can do? None of of you? None of you think there's nothing that you can do? Okay, that's good. It's a good thing. Okay? But let's go back and read Moses again, okay? Because when God called Moses to do something, Moses wasn't on board, okay? Moses wasn't on board because in Exodus 4, verses 10 through 12, here's what Moses says to God. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, meaning himself. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord, now go? And I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Moses looks at God and essentially says, God, listen, pardon me for being whatever I'm being right now, but this just is not going to work. I cannot speak to Pharaoh. You need somebody who's a good negotiator and communicator, and I am not that guy. And God essentially says to him, who is it that gives people the ability to speak in the first place? Is it not me? And Moses essentially has to say, okay, well, I guess it is you. And so he says, listen to me, go, do what I'm asking you to do, and trust me. Go, do what I say. I will give you everything that you need. Church, I need to say this again. This local church body will never be what God intends and designed for it to be until all the people who make up the local church body, the family, do the thing that God is calling them to do. And if you are bold enough to sit here in this place and think, God is not asking me to do anything, I would say to you that that is probably, most likely not true. That God is not asking me to do anything. Really? God is not asking me to do anything? So you think that God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and give everything for you so that you could come and sit and say, no, God is not asking me to do anything. Hopefully, 
none of you are seated here thinking that God doesn't want or need me to do anything. Because I would say to you, and hey, sometimes I get in trouble when I say these things, right? But it, it is what it is, okay? I would say to you that I've never in my life, I don't think, considered an attitude that could be more selfish than that one, right? I'm perfectly fine with letting all these other people do what they do to make me comfortable. But I don't feel like God is telling me to do anything. My challenge to you would be to say, God, am I listening to you? God, is my heart open to hearing you? Is my heart open to seeing what you would have me to do? That God would say to you, you don't worry about it. I don't need you to do anything. Here's what I would have you here today for this last point. You do you and let God do God. Okay? You do you and you let God do God. In other words, when Moses stood before God and is like, I'm not eloquent, I don't speak well, I don't have what you're looking for, and God says, listen, one more time, Moses, you let me worry about that part. If your heart is in the right place, if you've had a Moses moment and God has moved in your heart and spirit, he will give you what you need to do whatever it is he's calling you to do. And I, I'm living proof that this is true, okay? I, I'm living proof that, that this is true. I need you to understand in order for us to be a family the way God designs us to be a family, each of us has a part to play. Each and every one of us has a part to play. The question is, are you playing your part? Are you doing your thing? And if you're not, get started today. Get started today. Now, you're going to say, well, this church doesn't make it terribly easy for me to figure out how to get involved. And unfortunately, that's true, right? Unfortunately, that's one of the things that we have to figure out how to do better. That does not give you an excuse not to do anything, right? That doesn't give any of you an excuse to say, well, if this church was better about giving me a path to involvement, I would be involved, right? Yes, this church needs to be better. I'll own that. But if God's moving in your spirit and you think, I need to be doing something, come and see me, right? Seek me out and say, Pastor Brian, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I think I'm supposed to be doing something. We'll help you. Are you all with me? We're not going to turn you away and say, man, I'm not feeling it. God didn't really give me peace in my spirit that you're supposed to be doing anything, okay? You do not need to worry about that. You seek us out. You can seek me out. Mike is sitting back in the corner back here. Stand up, Mike. He's short like me. It won't make a whole lot of difference, but just kidding. But this is Mike back here. Talk to Mike. If you're interested in helping out with kids ministry, seek out Bethany. She's not in here because she's working kids today. Um, I'm not going to tell him to seek out Dawn. Don't seek out Dawn. You can seek out Dawn. Dawn, you stand up. You're short too, so it won't matter if you stand up either, but so here's my point. If you feel in your spirit like God is telling you to get started on something, please do not leave here. Please hear me. Do not leave here until you have talked to someone and said, hey, 
I need to do something. I need to be doing something as part of my church family. I don't know what. I don't know how. I need to be doing something. Work with us. Let us work with you to figure out. In the meantime, are we going to try to get better? Yes. Yes. Do not let this be an excuse for you not to do anything. We need you. Your local church family needs you. God needs you. This community needs you. Would you pray with me, Heavenly Father? Lord, today we ask that your words have been heard here. Lord, I know that there have been moments uh, where my words have been shared, that my opinions have been shared. I pray, Lord, that um, in any of those moments that those have not been detrimental. Lord, that ultimately your spirit has been able to move in this place. If there are people here, Lord, who have felt a, a movement in their spirit that you have spoken to them and moved in them with a Moses moment, God, that they would find a way to get involved and be a part of this family, not just a, a comfortable part in participation, but, Lord, a part in serving, doing the things that make this church function. Be with us as we leave this place. Be with us as we come back in future weeks as we learn about what it means to be the family of God. Lord, we ask all of this in your name today. Amen. Thanks for being here. Hope to see you back next week.